You're listening to the Underdog Sports NFL Show with host Chris Horwadell and Mario Hines. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Each week, Chris and Mario welcome current NFL stars and discuss the biggest news from around the football world. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Underdog NFL Show. Chris Horwadell joined by Mario Hines. Mario, how's it going? I'm good, man. I'm ready to make people money. Speaking of, uh, in the crypto world, you know, this this show is, if nothing else, a crypto podcast. Mm-hmm. Bitcoin up to almost 13000 today. It's It's gone up about $2,500 in the past week. And as we get paid in Bitcoin for some stuff, that just means it's going to crash precipitously any moment now. <laughs> of course. Of course. But at least we keep tabs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a company that pays us in crypto, and it's... It's amazing that their payment tends to spurn this, spur this this market uh, decline pretty much every single time. It's funny because like you'll see, all right, payment received at like seven a.m. and then like for the next day and a half, it's basically just a straight line down. <laughs> so good times, you know. That's the the fun of uh, the modern era of payments, but it's also a very good problem to have and not yeah. one I'm complaining about. So. Uh, you mentioned we're here to make people some money. I do have the uh, all of the odds for Week 7 at the NFL season open in front of me at Bavada Sportsbook. But before we get to that, sir, I think there's a couple of things going on in the National Football League that we should talk about. Yeah. And the first of which is what's going on in Miami. Miami beats the the heck out of the New York Jets. They win 24 to nothing. And in that game, it's it sees them, st- you know, give uh, rookie Tua Tungavailoa his first taste of NFL action. Ryan Fitzpatrick plays well, and after the game, they announce, "Hey, uh, this is Tua's team now." How do you feel about it? Uh, yeah, strange timing, but I think it's actually there's some wisdom here, mm-hmm. and in the fact that there's, um, I mean, obviously the locker room is positive. Um, it comes from some film that you're going to be able to, to have positive. Uh, feedback and and take notes into the next game and it was gonna happen sooner or later uh my thing is ryan fitzpatrick what or for, uh, what why are you shocked i get i get not wanting to be benched like that is mm-hmm. not my gripe it's the almost appalled nature of of all the comments that's it's like yeah you want to be the guy I don't know if you really thought it was your team. It still is in the sense, if you want, that you're the veteran that people will look to in meetings. That won't change. But mm-hmm. um, I, I like this approach of, you know, making the change uh, in, in a positive moment when you know the change is coming because we don't know what's happening uh, with practices and what, what conversations conversations are being had. But sure. we know that it was bound to happen. So why not in a time that's, that's, that's pretty positive and not just – or we, we we our hand is forced. We have nothing better to do than play the rookie. Yeah, for you know his part, Fitzpatrick, as you alluded to, has said he's heartbroken by the decision. I mean, I can kind of get it. The team's three and three, overperforming versus where people thought they were going to be at this point. He is completing about seventy percent of his passes, which is pretty darn good. He's on pace to throw for over four thousand yards this season. Again, pretty darn good. Twenty-seven touchdowns, pretty darn good. Now, 19 interceptions uh, on as his pace right now, and that's not great. But, you know, I think he saw this opportunity. Like, this is a guy who is, he's been around since 2005. He has played for 
you know, a third of the teams in the NFL at this point. <laughs> and this was his best season so far. This was his first opportunity to crack, you know, I think he saw it as his first opportunity to crack that 4,000-yard marker, which he's never hit before. The closest he got was 3,900 in uh, 2015 with the Jets. But, you know, that was also a year when he his completion percentage was only 59%. Yeah. And, com- you know, 4,000 yards at 59% is a heck of a lot different looking than 4,000 yards at 70%. 4,000 yards at 70%, like, you're like, all right, man, those are, those are Ryan tannehill kind of numbers. And it makes you wonder if he was thinking... There might be a there might be a paycheck after this for me, even even though I'm going to be 38 next season. Yeah, if that is his true thought process, Chris, then it, it's shame on him. <laughs> you know, of I course guess, it's out he's there, never but really a 38, gotten paid though. Yeah, no, but I don't know if if you know he can work his way or, or perform his way out of what he is classified as in the league, which is. A great backup to have, and yeah, um, a, a a good to to average stopgap quarterback. You know, safe safe selection, and I think there's if he expected to outplay that into a, a starter's contract or a one year uh, get us to get us involved in the playoff picture, or uh, it's just it's weird for me to say get us get us to to the, right. to the Super Bowl, but uh, I just think that's a little too far fetched and. I just he should he should know better being in the league as long as he he's been. Yeah, he's just kind of that guy who is the high end stopgap to a rookie. It's kind of always been his thing. I'm looking up the career earnings right now. You know, look, Ryan Fitzpatrick is not struggling to put food on the table, <laughs> but still, he you know, and for whatever reason, Spotrac just doesn't want to open for me, but. You know, he's never had that big deal, and the I wonder if it was like, man, maybe I can get, maybe I can get two twenty, two twenty four from somebody, and it, it sucks, but it just it seems like a foregone conclusion that he will be the starting quarterback for one of the teams that drafts a quarterback high in the draft next year. Yeah, I mean. And that's okay. I don't think he's going to go back to the Jets. But that, no, I, I think Trevor Lawrence is. I mean, assuming that it's Trevor Lawrence, of course, probably the starter on day one. Yeah, and probably yeah. should be the starter on day yeah. one. But if you're talking about like Washington or Atlanta or Jacksonville or you know even Minnesota, right? These are these are all options. Yeah. Do you? I just don't don't know if if there's a market to to uh, get into a bidding war and you're mm-hmm. going to get top contract. For that stopgap, I don't know if that that happens no matter what he does. All right, I, I take back everything I said. Ryan Fitzpatrick has played 16 seasons in the NFL. Let's make this a game. 16 seasons in the NFL. How much money has Ryan Fitzpatrick made playing f- professional football? I'm gonna go with. Uh... I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a hint right off the bat. You're low. <laughs> I was gonna go with. Maybe eighteen million. Okay, yeah, you're low by a lot. Ryan Fitz <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick has made seventy one and a half million dollars playing professional football. I'm shocked to see this as well. He has gotten the most the most honorable stopgap quarterback contracts. I think yeah, for pull. real. I, th- <laughs> I think he actually should run seminars after he's done. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Go just mentor the kids at Harvard and get them <laughs> 16 years and $71 million in the NFL. Yeah, that's that's bananas. I I would have guessed like uh, I would have guessed like twenty five to thirty million. Right, right, right. Because you know, a couple of those years he's he's going to be the starter going in. So I figure there has to be money there. But that's mm-hmm. also offset by the earlier years where he's basically making nothing. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, Ryan Fitzpatrick made seventy one million dollars. He's done all right. Like you said, he's done quite all right for himself. He's done all right. Let's talk about a, a guy who hasn't done much for himself over the past couple of seasons, other than ruin his reputation and maybe he's getting a fifth chance <laughs> it news today came out that the seattle seahawks are one of just a handful of teams who are interested in bringing in antonio brown once his eight game suspension is over how do you feel about this uh as a fan of the game as a fan of the wide receiver position i love it and enjoy it just for a, cu- a couple of reasons one you know if he is uh anywhere near the game he had before he left just fun to watch uh, second is i like to see um how teams in different styles use him and how he adjusts his game uh as far as the other stuff i mean mm-hmm. uh, contradiction aside like absolute foolishness by you know front office members across the league when this was happening but it's 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 the deal you downplay yeah. it you absolutely stay away from it when it's at its peak and when it's uh almost water under the bridge you start to show your hat uh, and and make a football decision. So that is, I am numb to the that shock, and now I just want to see if he actually can play ball if he actually gets signed. Well, that's the question, though. Even if he does get signed, is, what are what are the odds that Antonio Brown is a Seattle Seahawk or whoever signs him at the beginning of next season? Uh, if he's signed anytime soon, and it, he, I think it's about. 68%. I think that he... Oh, I think that's way high. I know. And my thing is, and this is probably like the fool in me, I'm telling you, is that I think that more so than getting physically ready, there has to be some coaching going on that should last until mm-hmm. next season at least. There has to be some mentorship or something going on where the his agent and whoever else is, or his people are like, we are not risking it. This person is tied to you. They're calling you. They're everything in you so that you look as or it just at least appear to be on the straight and narrow and it that can last until next season i think i just can't remember an instance where we've seen one of these quote unquote diva wide receivers go through all of this stuff publicly and then make it out playing well on the other side Mm, if i had to think no not not like not that ocho was done to Mm -hmm. was done Mm -hmm. just they're just it's, they're cooked. It's over. Yeah, yeah, you could have Brandon Marshall a little bit. Brandon yeah. Marshall, yeah, yeah, yeah. Des Bryant, yeah. Uh, no one that 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 went the the super diva route come comes out uh, shiny enough on the other end. I mean, they're at, they're having people that have have you know done stupid things. Mm-hmm. I think and Randy have, Randy Moss, yeah, and has have have become better. You know, Randy actually might be <laughs> one of the few. Now that you you actually do mention it, because yeah, yeah, but I'm I it think, helps if you're one of the most uniquely gifted players in the history of the sport. Exactly. So I I don't know the, with with the Antonio style of game, you know the 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 tank running on E. I just don't. I'm just not sure if if uh it, it, especially how the game is played too. Now I yeah. think it gives them a little bit more room. And by the way, the guy who is headed in this direction and 
you know, I sort of do draw parallels between he and Antonio Brown in that during that, like during the Steelers era of Antonio Brown, they did a great job of hiding his crazy from the public. Mm -hmm. Like we didn't know what was going on. We didn't know how much of a troublemaker this guy was. And it seems like that same thing is going on in New Orleans right now with Michael Thomas. Yes. Great comparison. I think that's that's spot on because you could see, similar to the Steelers th- uh, time with, with Antonio Brown, you could see the fragments of of quirky attitude, you know, coming out thanks to social media and, and, and its autonomy there. And mm-hmm. we saw the same with Mike Thomas. I think, <laughs> you know, he would get into to spiffs. You know, that would be just pretty funny and not not cross lines any farther than that between him and other players. And now it's coming to a head to say, oh, you are an actual nuisance. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about a guy who set the NFL record with 149 catches last season. And there's a lot of talk that the, the Saints are considering moving on from him. So, you know, that in order to be that big of a troublemaker like there has to be something serious going on because it it has to offset that gigantic pr- production he gives them yes yes so so yeah you you probably weigh it um and and being a guy like mike thomas in his story quote unquote maybe he maybe you know that level of success that fast was not the right medicine for him mm. um but he'll learn he will learn because i think the one thing is that the the overly physical wide receiver, um, as far as like physical stature and that that being the way you play your game, um, I don't see a lot of that crossing over. Like once, like like we talked about, you you get into an abyss, into a funk. I mean, the offense that he's in now and the quarterback, they work really well together. And there's a lot of learning that that he has that's specific to Drew Brees. That if you're gonna you know have some type of personality going into a a new environment, if that would be the case, if it would get to that extreme. Um, it's 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 hard to find that connection again and, and, and also limit your separation as your body starts to change and stuff like that. So I'd be careful if I was Mike Thomas. Yeah, and to put this in perspective, Thomas had 5,512 catches through his first four seasons in the NFL. Just, you know, unprecedented success on pace for that number one all-time mark held by Jerry Rice at 1549. And it just seems like the wheels came off at this point. I don't, I don't see Michael Thomas playing into year like 38 for, you know, some random team and still being productive. Right. Yeah. It's not, it's not the way of, of the style of play he, he has. So, I mean, it's going to be one of those monumental, it won't, it's not a T.O. situation. So, you know, what, what I mean by that is like the, the, just the physical prowess is not so astonishing that it can last you know that that long mm. oh i think tio could play football right now i really do yeah yeah and i think he's 46 and by the way when i, I say 38 season i of course mean age 38 season not yes. 38 <laughs> no, season <laughs> though it, it does feel like jerry rice stuck around for a while uh, let's let's get to making some people some money uh let's we've got uh, mentioned we've got the lines over at bavada here and uh, our first game on the docket this weekend, well, week, <laughs> oh my, I'm so scared. The New York Giants <laughs> head to Philadelphia to take on the Philadelphia Eagles, and Bavada has the Eagles minus four and a half. Yeah, I mean, uh, here's here's the deal. Here's the deal, Chris. I understand you. your teeth may be chattering. You may have that giant sweat bead. I'm just thinking about what the, it would feel like to lose to this New York Giants team on a Thursday night when you're probably not that prepared. But here's the thing. 
There's no way you guys are going to lose to this Giants team. Challenge accepted, sir. (laughs) Carson Wentz, as as up and down and sporadic as he's been playing, um, actually didn't turn the ball over, you know, this last week. And so I think it's... He tried. He did try all his might. And I think... But those type of positive things tend to be be pretty useful to carry over on a short week against a bad team. And I think that's what what keeps uh keeps them alive is that Carson Wentz does have his moments and uh, this will be a moment for him. So I wouldn't worry about it. Give me the Eagles here. I went to so halftime of last uh, last week's game. Carson Wentz throws a Hail Mary that Travis Fulgham almost comes down with in the end zone and it's intercepted and I go to the bathroom thinking, "Oh God, it's over. I'm just whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get food at halftime. I'm gonna do all of this." Uh, I later come back to find out that it was a roughing the passer call, so the uh, interception is negated. Then Jake Elliott misses a field goal. I am looking back right now because I'm not a thousand percent sure that he didn't fumble last week and uh, turn the ball over. <laughs> I do. I do think that he may have. Uh, Carson fumbled once, lost one. So Carson ah, did turn the ball he over. He, is a, over. he just didn't throw a pick, but he did turn it over. Uh, he threw a pick, but it got brought back with an, yeah. uh, because of a penalty. Yeah, I mean, look, that's that's me nitpicking. I think Carson's been really good over the, the last handful of weeks. He's getting a lot of crap from the media, but he's also playing with a, a group of wide receivers that I've compared to like guys you played with in high school uh, right now. It's he's doing fine. It's and it's also funny to me that he's also bucking this notion that Carson Wentz is the injury prone one on the offense when the Eagles legitimately have two starters uh, from their from their uh, regular starting lineup who are healthy right now. <laughs> well, at yeah, least going was... into going into last game, and it was Carson and Travis. And I always do that now, and I don't know why. Carson and Jason Kelsey. Yeah, oh, it's it's. it's... Makes sense, but yeah, it's it's a it's an unfair rap that I don't I don't think is gonna go anywhere, unfortunately. But yeah, it's not it's uh not not uh, applicable at this point. At one point in the game last week, Carson was playing behind a fourth string left tackle, <laughs> a third string right guard, a starting center, a second string, uh, a third string left guard, starting center, second string right guard, and third string right tackle. That was the that was the lineup for Philadelphia. Man, that's Good like times. The, that's like the the line that you put in when you do the um, the fake putt drill in practice. Yeah. when you want yeah. the defense to get used to the fake putt drill. Also, by the way, throwing without his top running back, without his top three receivers and top two tight ends. Right. So, so there's the thing is like, and they know, scored twenty eight points. And they put up twenty eight points. Some of this stuff even though it's not directly Carson's fault, will still bleed into what he's able to be because the reps matter. They do. Luckily, Travis Fulgham's the best wide receiver in NFL history, so we've got that going for no, 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 no. us. Yeah. I, I pray to God he's actually good because we need it so desperately. <laughs> this is this is crazy. Uh, I saw on Reddit that the, the three games that Fulgham and Wentz have played together, their last three, are the the most productive any wide receiver has ever been with Carson Wentz over three games. That is a weird stat. That is a strange stat to know, but also feels right. Yeah, it's... Oh, God. 
Well, they sh- once again should get Deshaun Jackson back this Thursday and should get Lane Johnson back as well. So we'll I look forward to that first quarter before those guys are hurt again. Exactly. Let's, let's move on to the Buffalo Bills heading to New York to take on the New York football Jets. Bavada has the Jets plus 13 and a half at home. Cool. That is a beautiful, beautiful thing that uh, to know that you can actually beat this super big line, this margin of victory. I think Buffalo mm-hmm. learned a lot uh, in their loss to the Chiefs. And my uh, New York is not the, the team to to make them second guess these learnings. And, and, and Josh Allen, as much as uh, it's not, I don't think there's there's anything regressing as much as Think this is just how it's gonna go for him. Mm. Uh, it's tough for me. He 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 he's doing what he always does. It's just that it's it's not it's not consistent. It's not gonna be consistent, and you've got to figure that that out. Um, if you're other parts of the of the the units, um, but it doesn't it doesn't it won't hurt him here. And I think he's well on pace to to continue to to contribute. And that defense is gonna have no problem with the Jets. So definitely give me the Bills, and they're definitely gonna beat that. They they'll win by seventeen. Yeah, at this point, it really doesn't matter what kind of line you set against the Jets. <laughs> it, you just make you just take the other team as one of your picks every single week. Yeah, it's like <clears throat> it could be the. I think Clemson is uh, is favored by forty six and a half this weekend or something like that. If that was the Jets, like I'm still I'm I'm still thinking, I'm taking whoever's playing the Jets. I think he's worth it. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, the Carolina Panthers, one more week, it looks like, without Christian McCaffrey, head to New Orleans to take on the New Orleans Saints. Bavada has the Saints minus seven and a half. Yeah, I mean, whew, I don't know what to believe about one, the Saints. You know, they're, they're a hard team to even, you know, put wrap my mind around. Uh, and we just we, we talked about the 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 traits that they would need the the players that they need to be successful aren't really there for them um i think <laughs> i think that the panthers are cooling off but um in in division rivalry teddy bridgewater might be able to sprinkle some know-how this is what it, we should, we can look for uh and maybe you know that causes the saints to to do too much um mm-hmm. outstretch their their outkick their coverage no pun intended, offensively. And and I think uh, the Panthers continue to show why um, what's going on over there is a positive thing. So give me the Panthers here, actually. The Cleveland Browns head to Cincinnati to take on the Cincinnati Bengals in the Battle of Ohio. The Bengals are plus three and a half at home at Bavada. I know. Like, how quick how quick does Cleveland move up and down the ladder of, mm-hmm. of how much you're gonna, they're going to be a favorite if they're a favorite at all? Like, they just really are on a spectrum um and there's no surprise it's the it's the quarterback play uh, yeah. and i hate to pick on the guy and the fact that he's brought up whether they're doing good or not good uh, is a thing but they're that's winning the quarterback's uh, job though exactly what you sign up for it's they're, they're winning despite him um, yeah and 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 that's that's going to catch up and it would be you know really really bad if it was caught up against the Bengals. Now, again i don't think so only because i think the Bengals are wearing out um, and, and the excitement is starting to to become a lesson for them, mm-hmm. especially getting nothing um, from AJ Green and, and just figuring out uh, how to maintain Burrow. So give me a uh, Cleveland here, um, not in a route, very close game. Uh, they'll win by win by less than a touchdown, more than a field goal. So take the Lions. Yeah, AJ Green has been kind of horrible, and this is one of the uh, 
the real unfortunate things to happen this season. I guess, look, better last week against Indy. That was really his first decent game of the season. But prior to that, you know, five catches on nine targets, three catches on 13 targets versus uh, versus Cleveland early in the season. <laughs> well, of course, five catches on six targets versus the Eagles, but for, 30, <laughs> for 36 yards. Yeah, so no. One catch against uh, five targets for three yards against the Jaguars. No catches, one target, Baltimore. And then has the eight catches on 11 targets against the Colts, but... Just doesn't look doesn't look right. Doesn't look like himself, and uh, unfortunately, I think, yeah, we're getting to the twilight for AJ. It looks like. Yeah, yeah, and it's okay. It's okay. And and if this is the magical year that he 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 gets traded during the deadline, please, I beg of you, AJ Green fans, do not expect much. Yeah. <laughs> Let the man's star fade uh, generously, because there's not much left. Yeah, AJ is a very old, thirty-two years old. Yeah. Yeah, and it feels that way though. If you think about it, it feels that way. Well, it, once I mean, twenty seventeen is the last time he played a full season. And, you know, and before that, over okay, his career four game. Well, well, this isn't updated for whatever reason. Six games this year of six. In fairness, nine games last year. No, zero games last year. Nine games the year before. Sixteen in twenty seventeen. Ten in twenty sixteen. And like he just ever since then he's just. He's Deshaun Jackson level inconsistent. Mm. I guess when you suffer a major injury like he did last year, although I, I would argue he was probably healthy enough to play at the end of the season if uh, that that team was a little bit better than they were, mm-hmm. and he was a little more interested than he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever. Good luck to you, AJ. You're you're a Hall of Famer, but yep. you're uh, you're not going to put up a ton more numbers to cement that status. Yeah. The Dallas Cowboys head to Washington to take on the Washington football team. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is a pick at Bavada right now. And by the way, Washington came out and said, hey, we're probably going to be the football team for 2021. This might be their name now. I think it, it works for me. I'm, I'm sure at this point, you know, you know, branding is going through a funny thing. So this is actually ironically perfect in this yeah. day and age. So I don't know. Maybe maybe this is the strategy. We don't know a name. And you just shrug <laughs> and for the next 12 years. <laughs> just keep shrugging. Uh, t- Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, bad. They lost me a lot of money last weekend. <laughs> I hope I hope that just, oh, man, put, put your hatred for them on steroids. Because yeah. it is now hard to decide who is the best team in the NFC East. This is... <sighs> tough it's really a flip (laughs) of a coin with these guys but right now dallas is not helping themselves and offensively without um being able to 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 control the offense and move it downfield vertically there's nothing they can do the defense already has a a big hole in the middle of the field um now uh, dbs are, are 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 just not even on the same page in in simple coverages you know getting beat over the top and cover threes and all that stuff it's just now the 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 when it rains, it pours for them, and this is going to be where it pours. Give me yeah. the football team. Yeah, at one four and one, uh, five uh, was it five thirty eight has the Eagles as the slight favorites to win the NFC East right now. So that's terrifying and just <laughs> embarrassing. And honestly, you know, if the if we're going to win the NFC East at say like you know six ten and one or something like that, I would prefer just not to. Like, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to pick ten spots lower 
just because you get that you get the draft slot for making the playoffs for the right to get killed by somebody in the playoffs. Right, right. It, it, this is where the extra spot is completely not useless, but like, come on, like, right. come on. Is this what the value? So it, right now, you got to hold that. You got to hold that with a uh, with some sort of pride because it's going to be you guys. But it wouldn't even. It's not even the extra spot. This would be a division winner spot. <laughs> Yeah, uh, officially, but you guys are the extra team, if any team's extra. Yeah, I just, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe the team will get healthy and play well. Probably not. The Detroit Lions head to Atlanta to take on the Atlanta Falcons. Bavada has the Falcons minus two. It's so interesting, uh, and I knew, I felt this would happen. Raheem Morris touching the pulse of this team, uh, mm-hmm. finding you know uh, the opportunity for them to, to get better feel better, play better uh, for a time. I am very uh, sad that the Lions have to play them during this brief <laughs> window of uh, fulja, of gotcha to Atlanta fans. Uh, but the way the Lions looked against Jacksonville, who, who I understand is cooling off, I mean, just the, the, the best defensive performance, um, just settling in offensively, uh, getting getting uh, Swift involved. I don't know if that continues I'm still not clear on if that mm. if that's a green light, uh, and that might hurt. That may hurt Detroit uh, in in this game here, where they're going to have to score a, a ton of points again, and I don't know if they'll catch up. So I'm actually going to go Falcons here. Really. Well, here's a here's a team that you, yeah the the inclusion of DeAndre Swift in the offense was uh, was interesting last week, and you know it's funny. Hey, you take maybe the best running back in the draft. Well, we should probably try and see if we can get him in the offense a little bit. And hey, turns out it works, but. Yeah, I don't. I will see. Like you know, like you said, uh, a team that I now have no feel for whatsoever. The Green Bay Packers head to Houston to take on the Houston Texans. Bavada has the Texans plus three and a half. Don't let that, whatever you want to call it, performance <laughs> fool you mm-hmm. on the Green Bay Packers. Uh, it's one of those things that will happen if you come from the NFC North. It's okay. Trust me, I know. What won't happen is it won't happen twice, especially against the Texans, who, again, in in a smaller way, um, are having a resurgence based on just fresh, fresh eyes. You know, weight lifted off your shoulders. You know, your your teeth are less clenched. You know, um, and that's that's what's happening. But not enough, uh, not enough to beat the Packers, who again can do uh, what they want to do offensively, especially when the running game's going and, and, and they'll be able to get it going or should be able to get it going against the Texans. So give me the Packers here to bounce back. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the running game because that is going to be the story of this next game. Maybe the league's best rush defense, the Pittsburgh Steelers, travel to Tennessee to take on one of the league's best running offenses, the Tennessee Titans. Bavada has the Titans minus one at home. Now, I can't go there with Bavada because... You know, with with I mean, Derrick Henry's run was fantastic, absolutely yeah. amazing. Two weeks in a row of it against this 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 defense that's built for it, that waits for it. Uh, I think that all the magic that we're we're get, we're seeing from Tannehill and the praise is a little bit early, and uh, this will be this will this will bring everyone back down to earth. I hate to say it, I'm gonna go Steelers here by a field goal. All right, I think I think that's reasonable. This Steelers team is unfortunately pretty good. The uh, Seattle Seahawks travel to Arizona to take on the Arizona Cardinals. Bavada has the Cardinals plus three and a half. Mm-hmm. And this is a very good game. And this yeah. is another game where 
you know, Seattle is going to have to play their absolute best, not because the margin is so so thin uh, against the, the Cardinals, but because it's a division game and you can't take a lapse and, and Arizona may play uh, and will likely play above themselves, which is a pretty good level considering uh, what they're what they're capable of doing. Uh, but give me the Seahawks here as as the we're getting into the first half of the season wrapped up and wanting to, to start to be that clear-cut favorite in the NFC. By the way, crazy that you just said that. It, it's insane to me that we waited, you know, six months to have any kind of sports and the NFL season is halfway over already. <laughs> right. Like, right. How, how in the world did this happen? Uh, the... The Jacksonville Jaguars travel to Los Angeles to take on the Los Angeles Chargers, and Bavada has the Chargers minus seven and a half. The Chargers are finding a, a way to be that team that doesn't really care what they do in the first half because their adjustments in, in the second half, which are settle down, throw your 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 mid game stuff, um, mm. make sure you hit the edges with the running backs in the pass game, and be consistent with your draws, screens, and zones. <laughs> and it ends up still working where they methodically score their points and, and, and get back in the game. Uh, Jacksonville is the perfect team to do that with and continue a winning um, a winning approach because Jacksonville can squander some things. Again, cooling off. Um, got to see Gardner Minshew up close and personally uh, against the Lions last week and mm. uh, is, is, is more impressive than, than I would have given him credit for, but I clearly understand why I did not buy into the hype. And I think mm-hmm. again, he won't ever look really that bad. But he he won't he won't carry them uh, to a victory this week either. So give me the Chargers. Yeah, he lives in that middle tier. He's mm-hmm. never he's never going to get to the peak. He's never going to be at the bottom. He's just he's just a guy. Mm-hmm. He's he's a guy. He's a he'll be Ryan Fitzpatrick in yes. in ten years. Yes. The Kansas City Chiefs head to Denver to take on the Denver Broncos. Oh, my God. Bavada has the Broncos plus 10. I've lost the ability to talk today. It's okay. I'm hearing you you clearly. Thank Um, you. After getting through the Eagles talk, I completely understand any lockjaw (laughs) that may occur. Um, No, it's this Broncos team, you know, no pun intended, may be flying a mile high after that. Did you see? That was so intended, actually. So my apologies (laughs) for that. Um, the Patriots. It's it's more about the story is more about the Patriots than the Broncos last week, and the Chiefs will come in and confirm that. A strange, uh, strange sloppy yet somehow still efficient and impressive win for mm. the Chiefs, uh, especially offensively and what they're able to do and just how many weapons they have. Um, I don't know if this is the week Le'Veon Bell gets to the fold, but just thinking about that, it's kind of crazy. Kansas City wins this game. Not as easy as one will continue to think, as there are some gaps in how uh, how how much they flow defensively and what they allow. But give me a Kansas City here in, in an under control uh, fourteen point victory. Let's talk Le'Veon. Is uh, you know I think there was an argument. Argue, my God, there's an argument to be made that he was Dunzo early in the year. But what do we expect from Le'Veon? Do we think we're going to see anything similar to the older version or? Is this a uh, a poor man's Le'Veon Bell at this point? Okay, okay. So one thing we all have to agree on by we all, I mean you and I at least, mm. <laughs> is that Le'Veon Bell has showed us he's clearly a perform by motivation type of guy. Sure. Uh, and I think he was ex- exclusively motivated as a rookie. Uh, I think he believed he was a first rounder. I just I know for a fact he thought he was a first rounder. Should have been. 
you know, one of the the not the the top back taken and got himself in in, in incredible shape after being a, a workhorse at Michigan State. A little and bit the, of a chubby workhorse. Yeah, chubby workhorse, yeah, but could jump. Was a weird thing. And then, you know, starting to, quote-unquote, see the writing on the wall in Pittsburgh as far as his pay, that motivation changes. You see what happens there. I think he's one of those guys that saw the dollar signs, went to the Jets, and then understood quickly what he was uh, enduring. And that just changed the way he wanted to be. And one of those people that doesn't care what that will do to your career. Uh, in a long-winded way, I'm saying that it won't be a poor man's Le'Veon, uh, but it, he he will show like a second life. It'll it'll appear to be a second life. Uh, the reps count, the missed reps count, the the doing the stupid things to your body to get out of shape counts, and he won't he won't uh miss his his retribution for that. But mm-hmm. I think Kansas City gets the best out of him, and, and to the point where like, oh okay, this is Davion Bell. We kind of remember. Mm-hmm. The San Francisco 49ers had the New England to take on the New England Patriots. Bavada has the Patriots minus two. Uh, style of play-wise, don't quote me on this, but just feel-wise of what's going on this season, these two teams feel like the same. These are the, the same narrative, the same story, especially after a week one with the Patriots. Are you as good as we really keep hoping or thinking you are, or are or something happening where you were that good and now you're not. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, uh, injuries um, uh, didn't allow San Francisco to get their their wheels turning, and New England with the the COVID thing. But that's no excuse for how New England looked last week and how San Francisco looked two weeks ago. Right. So, with that said, I think both teams raised their games into a ugly Patriots win. <laughs> but both teams playing the type of ugly football that uh, allows us to believe that they're they're good. Yeah, I don't think the Pats are going to drop two in a row, and I don't think the 49ers are going to win two in a row. So I, I feel true. I feel like you're in the right place with this. The uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming off their most impressive game of the season head to Las Vegas to take on the Las Vegas Raiders. Bavada has the Raiders plus three and a half. Yeah, so here we go. Scoring galore. This will be another... Mm tit-for-tat match, and I think the Buccaneers want that. I think anytime we've seen them have to play a consistently, you know, uh, controlled game, even though it's, it's kind of opposite of what Tom Brady has always been as far as game manager, I don't think that that style helps out uh, Tom in his his not-so-Tom moments. Um, they're, they're glaring moments, whereas, um, you know, that, that changed the game in tight tight races where there isn't a lot of points. But if you're going tick for tack and trying to run up the score and trying to keep pace that way, I think it favors Tom's rhythm and what he's able to do at this point. Um, and in that case, I'm taking the Buccaneers, who are a dangerous team mm-hmm. when that's happening. Kind of wish we could flip these last two games, move that Bucks game to Monday night and kind of dump this game <laughs> on Sunday night. But not what we have. The, uh, I guess, surprising Chicago Bears head to Los Angeles to take on the Los Angeles Rams. Bavada has the Rams minus six. Yeah, I mean the Rams, the Bears are who the I keep thinking the Rams are, and that's mm-hmm. no shot at the Rams who who are still pretty consistent. But the Bears are are winning with steady defense, uh, and and uh, a big play here, and then you know getting what they need out of the offense. Whereas Los Angeles is is a little bit more offensive dependent than uh, I think they they should be, um, but. Give me Chicago here, who who looks tougher to beat, even though they're not a scary team. They're very hard to beat in four quarters, 
And I can see the Rams making the mistake offensively, uh, especially with Jared Goff and how he's looked recently. Uh, so give me Chicago here on Monday night. I want to talk about the first of all, can we just address that we've got the Big Ten coming back this weekend, and that is so exciting for college football. I know your uh, your Michigan State team may be not the best team they've ever put out, but just to to have the Big Ten back and sort of the other superstars in college football returning is really exciting. Now, with that said, I don't want to talk about a, a Big Ten team. <laughs> I want to talk about this Clemson game I alluded to earlier. Syracuse travels to Clemson uh, to take on the Tigers. Syracuse lost to Liberty last week. Clemson won 73-7 to <laughs> against Georgia Tech. Clemson is favored by 46 points, with an over-under of only 62, by the way. So this is not like it's going to be a, some crazy shootout. Right. Does Clemson cover the 46? They cover. I don't think... I think 73 is like the, the stars are aligning, but the potential sure. to score... 40 points. I think this team scores 40 points. That's what they do. I think we score points and against the Syracuse team that cannot, uh, the cliche, they cannot run with them, not in terms of speed because, you know, it's spreading nationally, but they cannot keep up with these playmakers. They can't stop. They can't focus the defense on one side and then stop another player. I think, uh, geez, I'm forgetting the kid's name. Uh, the running back, but uh, Travis Etienne. Etienne. Yeah. I was going to call him Etienne. Etienne. Uh, it's he didn't impress me as much as others when he was younger. I thought I, I would see a, a player that would eventually become uh, too big uh, and slow down, but hasn't done that. Is really reliable, explosive, and that's he's a, he's a game changer because he can do both things, which is catch and run. Um, and that's why I think they definitely hit this. They they won't they won't fall short. Well, and if you're a Jets fan, you have to be excited about 390 yards and five touchdowns before halftime for Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Trevor, like it's just, this is just nuts at this point. He he's gonna come out no hyperbole here. He's going to come out being the highest rated quarterback prospect we've had since you know Elway comparisons maybe. Peyton yeah, I was I was gonna ask you where you do you st- do you think he's he's better than Peyton as far as coming out as a prospect? Oh, that I mean it, it's so hard to compare eras, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because college football was different when Peyton was there, and oh, man, they are so similar. If if you put a gun to my head, I would say Peyton is one to Trevor's one A. Mm-hmm. But well, let's see what happens the rest of the season. You know, continue to put up huge numbers, continue to uh, continue to win games, and you'll get yourself a national championship. And may he might be like he might be the best quarterback prospect we've seen in our lifetimes. That there is yeah. that chance, and that is something to be excited about for Jets fans. Absolutely. I think the one thing that Peyton will forever have, and maybe like you said, it's an error thing and not necessarily true, is that Peyton um seemed, you know, as sto as stoic as a figure that you you thought he was older than he was, that he was a professional. And that like ready to play, you know, perspective is hard to top and i don't get that from trevor simply because he looks younger and, and comes across a college uh, albeit he an does, all-time yeah. great a college athlete uh and, and that's yeah. one thing i don't know you know if it was just the error and how we looked at things but peyton just was already ready for the pros you know that that junior year so why did he even stay but you know well i would argue that if trevor lawrence i'm not saying he should i'm not saying we should judge him because of it i'm saying mm-hmm. If he were to like cut his hair and have it like a, a, a normal like <laughs> what what would we would consider like a professional haircut something mm-hmm. like that, I think people would view him differently. I absolutely agree. 
because I'm one of those people, unfortunately. Um, last thing I want to ask you before we get out of here, we I got into an interesting conversation yesterday on uh, on your wrong and here's why with Greg Crone. Mm-hmm. We were talking about the top fictional quarterbacks of all time, from from movies, from film, whatever. What's your take on that? Who is the best fictional quarterback of all time? I mean, the way. <laughs> The way they made uh, Sunshine from from Remember the Titans is just okay. the ultimate drill threat. Sunshine Bass? Sunshine Bass. But, I, I mean, who am I a fan of first? You got guys like, uh, you know, you have Paul Crew from The Longest Yard. You have mm-hmm. Willie no. Beeman from Any Given Sunday. Willie Beeman. Uh, you, have, you have the guys from Friday Night Lights. You have uh, you have uh, Johnny, uh, Johnny Moxon from Varsity Blues. You have... Mm-hmm. Oh, who is I'm missing a gigantic. Oh, you have Shane Falco from yes. the replacements. Yes. Johnny Utah. The uh, I guess Keanu's played two great quarterback prospects. Yes, he has. Uh, wh- who are do you? Where are you putting your money? You got one game. You need to win. Who are you calling? Give me, give me Willie Beeman. Steaming Willie Beeman. In today's NFL, <laughs> in today's NFL, absolutely. By the way, can we address the fact that Dennis Quaid, the the actual starter before the he got hurt in that in that movie. Was like forty six when he played, uh, <laughs> when he whatever, played Mike whoever, Tomczak? yeah, yeah, whoever, whoever it was, it, I don't know, I forget what his character's <laughs> name was. Like at least forty six, which I guess, I guess now isn't as crazy as it was before with like Brady and Breeze, <laughs> right? Playing till forty three. Exactly. Like, right, he he had another couple of years left. I get it. Exactly. Uh, all right. Well, that's it for this week's episode of the Underdog NFL Show for Mario Hines. I'm Chris Hordell. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.